happening, everybody? It's Grant Alexander on the Clamp Podcast. We're here to talk about all things related to creating, living, and making projects. Joining me, as always, is Adam Mackey. And Morley Kurt is on vacation this week, so we thought we'd bring on a special guest. You might have guessed already who it is based on that introduction. He likes to tell everyone his name is spelt the right way with an I. And he started a revolution in the belt grinding world. And now he's taking ribbon burner forges all the way to the moon. Everyone knows that he works for it. But we're here to find out if it's hard work or good luck. Please welcome Brian House. That was an awesome intro, man. Wow. You did your homework and you, you gave me like this homage and everything else. I love it. Absolutely. I'm like, whoa, I'm going to have to turn my headphones down. Is this what it sounds like when I'm screaming into the microphone? <laughs> I love it, man. Uh, yeah, man. So why don't you tell everyone who doesn't know who you are, uh, who you are and what you do? My name is Brian House, and uh, I run a small uh, industrial machine company called Housemade Industrial. You can find me on Instagram at housemade.us or my website, housemade.us. You can find out what I do. Um, we make 2 by 72 belt grinders, and we, we're getting into – I like to call myself like a problem-solving entrepreneur. You know, I find like little niche markets that need um, massaging and fixing and maybe a tool here and there or whatever, and then I become insanely obsessive about it. <laughs> and then figure out a way to make it better and then uh, hopefully sell some if, if, you know, if I do, if I'm not, I've got something cool in my shop to hang around. But, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. So, yeah. And I think one of the things I really like about you is you're, you concentrate on the part that makes sense for you to make and don't try and like your two by 72, you don't sell motors, you sell the kit, you sell wheels now. Um, and, but you don't sell, you don't sell the motor. You don't sell the VFD. You know, you, you recommend certain ones, but, but people, if they want the, the kit and they already have a motor, they can buy it. Yeah. Yeah. We look at everything from, um, uh, like any entrepreneur would, but like a marginal standpoint. And then also, you know, you, when you look at like motors and VFDs, you know, there's not a lot of, there's, you know, there's not a ton of money to be made in them, number one. But the other part of mm -hmm. it is, is why why try to split off a percent or two just to make that margin? And and when your customer can just go out and find it on their own, or if they have one, or we make it work with the motor they have or the VFD they have, which has become kind of a cool thing too, because we've come up with creative solutions for people that have, you know, they might have a motor, they don't have a VFD or vice versa. They have this kind of power, or that kind of power. And we help them figure that out. And in turn, it empowers our customers because then they start to learn about three-phase power, single-phase power, the conversion, what hurts do, and all that fun stuff. And when you're applying it to like a practical application, like the spindle on a motor that turns a big wheel, that turns a belt, <laughs> it starts to click for people. They're like, oh, is that what that's about? And it's like, yeah, man, that's how it works. And it's really fun to watch people just blossom into understanding that and then if you think about it think about how many tools in your workshop all have motors right they all have things that you know i have a 1946 uh logan lathe in my workshop that runs on a like a brand new three-phase you know one horsepower motor with a vfd i don't have to nice. switch the pulleys or anything i can do that and i learned to do that through the grinder project and now it's empowering me to like do all kinds of other stuff with it so yeah it's been it's been uh been a fun ride, man, for sure. Yeah, I definitely could see the use of putting in like a a big motor and a VFD on pretty much any old tool with pulleys. It just seems like it takes it to a whole different level. And yeah, you I can like get so much more out of those tools that were so annoying to use. Yes. And, and uh, I annoyed just about everybody in the Logan Lathe forums on Facebook and everything else when I threw away the pulleys. You know, they're like, oh my God, you're throwing away a piece of history. It's like, yeah, but it's so useless now. It doesn't make any sense to keep it. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and, you know, my mill is the same way. My mill has pulley systems and all of that. We're going to convert that at some point too. And it'll just make the tool more useful. On your Instagram, which has been blowing up, I've, I'm pretty sure you guys have like got like 40,000 new followers in the last month or so. Uh, you always put in this hashtag, hard work, good luck. And that's something I wanted to talk to you about because I, in the past, I, I met some people and they, they ran a successful uh, school bus company and they, they immigrated over here from Germany. Um, 
they they didn't speak the language, they learned the language, whatever, and they just kept telling me it was all hard work. There was no good luck. And when I saw, and I, when I said there must have been some luck, they were offended at the suggestion that luck could have played a part in their success because it was all hard work. And I wanted to talk to you about it because you have hard work, good luck, and I see you've, you've got it on merch. So this is something that you believe in. I want to know what does that mean to you? I used to be in that same camp where somebody would say something to me about luck, you know, and I would, I would be not offended or angry, but just, I would step back and go, you you know, maybe you're not quite in touch with what it looks like to build a business or be, you know, self-made or whatever. Um, And a lot of hard work does go into it, but I read a book by Malcolm Gladwell. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's, he's Mm -hmm. like a guy that like dive does deep dives into like, social, uh, economic type stuff. And it was called the outliers. And he talked about being born in a, pat- a particular time, place and skin color. All of these things play a role in your ability to, to have success. And mm-hmm. he changed my mind on it. And, w- and basically what that book boils down to, and he comes, man, he does a really great job of, using not just like anecdotal evidence, but like a whole ton of really, really scientific stuff that can, that basically proves his theory, which is, you know, um, if you were born in a specific time, place and a skin color, you're going to have significantly more advantages than other people on the planet. So I'm a white man born in 1977 in the United States of America, Generally, there was a strong peace time during my working years. You know, I have, uh, we had some war, but nothing significant like a world war. Um, and the, the way he puts it in the book is like, think about two ladders leaning up against a, a building and, um, you know, somebody that has the dis, like not disadvantages, but less advantages than you, um, you have every rung on the ladder and they have every third rung. And so when, what he was trying to convey in that book and something I took away from it was that you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room, which I'm generally not. And you don't have to, uh, you know, have a, a ton of money behind you, which I didn't. You just have to work really hard and have these certain things behind you like luck and being born in America, being born white, being born a male, you know, all of these things play a role in your success. And at the very end of the book, he says, like, don't squander it. Like, if you were given that advantage, make sure mm-hmm. that you use it, you know, that you take advantage of your advantages, of your privilege. And I, bl- I truly believe in that. So when I started the Hard Work, Good Luck campaign, it uh, what I love about that is it spurs these types of conversations where people say, well, you know what, man, I came from nothing. Maybe you were, you know, you were a little uh, uh, young person, grew up in a town, a, a ghetto or wherever, and you had no advantages, no family ties, no nothing. And you climbed up and out, you clawed your way to the, to the top. And mm-hmm. um, I think if we all kind of examined, you know, the, that climb, it would be very rare that some luck was not involved. I think that there is some luck. So, uh, but I will say hard work does give you better luck, if that makes sense. So you can't have one without the other. You must have them both. You, you know, people, there are people that get lucky, right? You, you scratch a scratch off ticket and you win the lottery. And you know what? That, that may be good luck. It could be bad luck. There's some people that, you know, yeah. the lottery is bad luck for them, you know, too. So, you know, the way I looked at it is, is that um, there's some urgency with my life. You know, I, I'm in my mid forties now. So like, I don't have a ton of working years left. And I look at myself as a, as a person who's got a lot, a lot of time or a lot of things left to do with my time. So I'm going to take advantage of my privileges and my luck and all that hard work and throw them all in the pot and hope it goes somewhere, you know, which, (laughs) you know, it kind of is now. So, which is nice, but it didn't, it didn't always, you know, I was, I've been working for myself for 15 years and um, I would say only in the last five years when I really truly started following my, my true path, which I believe is what I'm doing now is when I've started to see the, the, the fruits of my hard work and good luck. Right. There was uh, the the Outliers is a great book, and I'll I'll go with that first because I had a point I wanted to say about that. Uh, in Canada, obviously, we got we got a lot of hockey players, 
and a lot of hockey teams across the the place. And one of the th- examples he gave was if yeah. you're born in January or February, you're more likely to succeed in hockey yes. because you're basically a year older than everyone else yes. on your team. That's the first example. Like, yeah. I love that whole yeah. analogy. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And my son's born in February and I'm like, great, yeah. let's see what happens. For- <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's, he's got some short genes in him and he's not, he's not quite as tall or as fast as I ho- hoped he would be, but I'm not either. So, you know, <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. He does have that advantage. And my other son's born in November. So it's going to see, I'm going to see how that really plays out. Like my brother was born in December. And he's six over six foot. He should have been like on, he should have been a top star in all of his teams. He's strong, he's fast, whatever. But I think because he was basically a year behind on everything, he had to, he didn't have those rungs on that ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, it's the hard work would have paid off, but it's, it, it's so much harder. You see all those missing rungs and you go, I'm not even going to try. Definitely. So in saying that, with um, like your so you're, I'm assuming you're talking about like minor leagues and stuff like the kids' version of sports over there, right? Does it go by their school year or something? It, so it goes by their their birth year. So that's why. Yeah, so okay. it's it's talking about right. if you look in the NHL, the majority of players are born in January and February and March, right? Because of the way Canada has set up their whole system based on the birth year. Right. Yeah, I highly recommend I don't know if I'm remembering that book. Yeah, I should. Um, I don't know if I'm remembering different from when I was a kid or or what cuz we're not up to that age yet, but for I remember here it goes by your age, not by the year you were born. So if you turn um, I was born in June, so I had to play in a year up. So we we our, our um sports are like five and under, six and under, seven and under. So because I was born in June, I had to play with seven and under when I was six because I was going to turn seven halfway through right. the season. My both okay. my kids are born five days apart in May, four years apart, but five days apart. So I don't like they're going to be a year older than all their friends. I was the eighteen year old because here in Australia, eighteen is the legal drinking age. I was at school. I was allowed to drink. I had my license and everything, and all my friends just wanted me to drive them around. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the that's actually what he's talking about in the first chapter of that book. Is if you were born in a specific month in Canada, you're either at a significant advantage or a significant deva- disadvantage. And yeah. I think that that's a. And then he goes on to talk more about, you know, if you look at the the majority of the wealth that was made in the world, if there's a small window of about, I think, 10 years, if you were born in a specific time and place that you had a percent, like a significant percentage advantage of uh, generating more wealth than your peers. Um, and it was just, it's fascinating. So that's that's where the hard work and good luck comes from is that, I try to inspire people by telling my story and sharing all of the failures, the wins, you know, understanding like there's so many people that have followed along since like day one. You know, we have all these people who have kind of rallied around what I've done. And I think Mm -hmm. that it's awesome for them to watch a rise up of someone and um, not to say that I'm doing that so much, but they're seeing the significant changes of my life, you know, right before them. Cause I talk about it all the time on my podcast and I give them updates about like, Hey, this is what we're doing now. And this is the reason why hopefully it inspires people to see that it can be, um, you know, if you stick with something, if you're consistent and if you're really, if you really have passion for something that you can you can do it now. We live in a, such an amazing time where you can buy, sell, and yeah. do commerce all over the world, right? And it, you don't need much. The barrier for entry is so low. So, um, and I just I, when somebody tells me like, "Well, I, I tried this and it didn't work," or "I tried this and it didn't work," well, just keep trying. You you cannot give up. If you keep giving up, you're never going to get anywhere. So, yeah, and definitely the the other co-host that we have, Morley he was doing YouTube videos for at least four years before. Now he is literally blown up. Uh, awesome. He's officially know, he's, made it. Yeah. He's oh, gotten, awesome. 
like he's over a hundred thousand subscribers now. He's got three videos with like over three million views. Huge. And like, and people are subscribing. So it's like, you know, people seem to be liking it and he's continuing to make good content. And it's, if he would have given up, you know, after three years and two months or whatever the number is, then he would, I, I could have made it right. It's always those I could have, but I think it's something like consistency versus like enthusiasm and talent. You can be enthusiastic, you can be talented, but if you don't have the consistency behind it, you don't have that hard work behind it. It doesn't matter how enthusiastic or talented you are. Yeah, going back to the YouTube thing, I think. Um I've noticed like a lot of people lately, like, or like every now and then there's a one YouTuber. I mean, every now and then a YouTuber will make a video and they'll talk about like, thank you, like to all my supporters and, and all that sort of stuff. And they talk about like their background. It's someone new to me. And I think, oh, I've never heard of this person. But then they're like, I've been doing this for 10 years. And I'm like, wait, hang on. You know, I haven't yet once heard anyone make that um, speech of like, thank you. I've been doing this for 10 years. This says, I've been doing this for a year. There's right. always been a long process of YouTube. Like I don't know anyone on YouTube that's been doing it for a year. That's huge stuff made here. That guy, that guy blew up. He's been going nowhere. longer than a year. When he blew up, he was like his second video on YouTube was like insane. Anyways, I agree. Yeah, yeah, but insane. you know what? <laughs> yeah. There, I think that, so there is, there's obviously going to be people who blow up out of nowhere and that's the luck. But there's the people who do the hard work and get lucky and put out like, you know, you do a, you do some sort of project and Jimmy Duresta does the project the same week. And now you're getting recommended next to him. Right. Like sure. that's yeah. stuff like that. That's it luck, really helps. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of luck. <laughs> Unless you know, Jimmy, Duresta, I, I feel and like you can just ask him, Hey, what are you going to yeah. put out next week? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do feel like Morley had um, that luck spur, to be honest. Like, he's blown up now, but he had that one video when he was low in subscribers compared to now that hit a million views, and then it just went on from there. Totally. I feel like he he definitely put in the hard work, but there was that luck for that one video that sort of got his name out there, and then it, it exploded from there. Right. Well, and that's – and it was – the hard work combined with the luck because I also had a video that the impressions went crazy on it. And I don't know what YouTube, it was like almost the exact same time as Morley and my impressions went crazy and it went nowhere because that my video wasn't good, I guess, or whoever YouTube sent it to, they didn't want to watch it. Like a bunch of people clicked on it and clicked off immediately. So, uh, you know, I easily I could have been in the same place as Morley going, I'm making a million instead. I'm I'm like, you know, not. <laughs> yeah. The one thing about social media, you it takes a long time to figure out, you know, I guess the other I, I guess I guess I can't use the term figure out, but I will say it takes a long time to pocket your ego. For me, right. I wanted these, you know, these opus videos where, you know, either my face was in them or I was telling a story and I wanted to be a part of that story. And then when I started to watch my um, trends of the things that were people were watching, I learned that people would rather watch my work. They would rather watch my projects. They were more interested in my design than they were my face. They were more interested um, in my story of who I was, maybe like my rise up as an entrepreneur, but they didn't really care about my personal life. And then maybe that'll flip flop at some point, but you start to pick up on those things, right? Like, you're like, okay, if I just show what I'm doing and I explain it and I understand like, okay, they like that and they want to see me design this, or they like this particular thing you, and once you start pumping out content on the regular, like every day, like I do, you'll, you start to see like, wow, that trend is real. Like that's a real thing because you know, this particular one will go that we have a couple of reels that went to 9 million views. That's just right. like, you know, crazy. And that's the reason why I blew up on Instagram. 
And then of course that's a, now that has become like a virus on my feed. So, you know, the 9 million people that watch that particular reel are now being fed (laughs) all my old stuff. And I'm seeing, you know, like, this is insane. So I thought I checked my insights yesterday and I thought I was getting 2000 followers a day, but it turns out I'm getting 4,000 followers a day on Instagram. Well, yeah. wow. Well, who the hell gets that kind of growth? I mean, I'm sure it'll 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 uh, pinch off at some point. But I look at this and I'm like, all these people didn't know I existed. I thought they did, and they just didn't care. But they didn't really know me or didn't care about me. And and the the Instagram gods, the algorithm gods, just decided that today's your day, house. Like you're gonna get the, you're gonna go somewhere today, and you do, you better not mess it up. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> And, um, and wow, I mean, it's just unbelievable. And what I also try to convey to people who listen and follow my work is your, your attention is a commodity, right? So like if somebody's looking at your work, they're paying attention, they're paying attention to your designs or your, whatever it is you're putting out there. If you don't have a way to turn that into a monetization rather than ad revenue, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be, you're probably going to want to figure out some sort of flagship product or some, some sort of thing that you could sell to that audience because they're buying into you. Right. And, and if you don't have something to sell them, you're, you know, they want to buy from you. You know, a lot of people like, Oh, I'm terrible at sales. I don't want to sell stuff to people. I hate it. Well, when you really believe in a product that you've created, it's easy to sell because you love talking about it and you really truly believe in it. And, um, I think that's what I'm like with work for it, the podcast, I'm constantly saying this, like half of your job is to make the thing and the other half is to sell it. And that's super important. Now you get all these eyes on you and what do you got them? You know, you better have something to offer them that isn't merch, you know, try to sell them something else, you know, sell them something new, you know, create something. Yeah. It's a, that's a really good point with. I, so I don't mind. I love selling. Like I worked in retail. I loved selling. I love talking to people. I hate fulfilling. I hate mm. the fulfillment part. When you were talking about sh- packing and shipping, I that would be the nightmare. very, very, <laughs> very first thing. I, I, I don't like, I would just, no, someone else needs to do that. So yeah. that's why I don't do any products is because I just, going to the post office is like, is like kryptonite. It's... <laughs> You, you know, just gotta get I, that I know pickup, man. You get you gotta yeah. get them to come to your house and pick up everything, or come to your shop and pick everything up. We have a daily <laughs> yeah. truck that comes by, and picks everything up. I even put a yeah. fork. I got forklift that forklifts all that heavy stuff right into the back of their truck. And and uh, I think yeah, the, I think bad. the thing is you you got to get to the level, and then once you're at the level, yes. you can start like the the economies, the scales start working out. Yes, the the reason for having a hundred. You know, boxes make sense because if I'm shipping like two things a week and I have a hundred boxes taking up space in my workshop, it doesn't make any sense. So I've, until I figure out something I'm passionate about, I'm probably not, not going to be doing much uh, product. But I think, I think you're right that if you're starting to blow up on is like on TikTok, I've, so, okay, I'll, I'll rewind a little bit. A year ago, I put out a, an Instagram reel that got 7 million views. And I was like super excited. It started like you, virus started blowing up other things. And for some reason, I just stopped posting reels. And guess what happened? Growth stopped, right? So this hard work versus good luck, I had a bout of good luck and I didn't take advantage of it, right? Now I I tried reposting all that stuff to try and start, I'm posting a reel every day, uh, it's doing almost nothing on Instagram, but TikTok I'm blowing up. Okay. Right? I went from like 3,000 followers on TikTok to now I'm at 9,000 in, I think it was like three weeks. So every day, new TikTok, new reel, new TikTok, new reel to try and see. And then see if 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 I can capture that lightning again. Oh, you And then can. potentially. You will. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you will. It's just like you're starting over and that's okay. I mean, you, you learned like, Hey, if I, if I stagnate, then the, the algorithm algorithm is going to pu- punish me and that's okay. Because like, maybe at the time, like everything ebbs and flows, man, you know, of like, course. so, you know, you might get this hot streak in, in, in my world, it's the hot streaks are projects. You know, I'm working on the ribbon burner. I'm working on the Apollo forge. I'm, I'm just 
but at some t- it's almost scary to me when I finish a project because I'm like, oh, well, what the hell am I going to show now? Like, I need to come up with what's the next thing? What's the next big thing? Um, right. And so, you know, that's the thing is like, you just got to you, you know that you're going to ride that wave and that crest for a bit. And then it's okay, you know, to go to sleep a little bit for a while, then come back and, you know, just keep redoing it. Although I will say it's like starting over, you know, if you're not, if you're not continuously pumping, you know, the content into the machine, it's going to punish you, unfortunately. And, and it's even not just punishing you, you're punishing yourself because you've gotten out of the habit. You've gotten out of the, yes. like you've, you've lost any insight that you had into when's a good time to post. What should I be posting? You know, should I be grabbing the top popular pop music? Should I be grabbing the metal music? Like what, what are my, what what pops off for me, right? Because right, right now I'm trying mornings, afternoons, evenings. What's what's working the best? Because I'll go from like five hundred thousand in one, and the next one gets three thousand, and you go, I don't understand. Well, let me let me give you some some insight, some th- some things that I've learned, and I'll tell right. you the best piece of advice that I got was from Gary V. You know who Gary V is? Gary yeah. Vaynerchuk. He gave the advice of document, don't create. And that is that changed my whole game where I put a ton of pressure on myself to tell a story and create these, you know, opus videos. And sometimes I do that because it's really fun. But every day that's really tough to do. However, what isn't tough to do is just to share everything, right? There's a story in everything. You know, you every little yeah. thing that you're working on has a story behind it. It's your job to pull the story out and tell it. But, you know, hey, you're working on a particular piece. Uh, the ribbon burner is a really great example because I weren't, went through like 10 different prototypes and I'm sharing all of that. And meanwhile, I've got all this noise from all of my social media accounts, either a, you're doing it wrong. B you're going to fail. C that's awesome. When can I buy it? D take my money. Now all of these, I, all these things are occurring. So I'm like pumping all this data into this world that I'm, you know, feeding the internet. And I have to be able to go, okay, I need to turn that off. I'm just sharing. I'm just really just documenting my journey here. And then bang, we hit it. Okay, we've got a perfect running ribbon burner. It's clean. It looks beautiful. It does all the things. It ticks all the boxes. It's easy to manufacture, quote unquote easy. But, you know, (laughs) uh, it, it ticked all those boxes. And then I go to light the thing. I take this, I take all this time and an evening, I turn the lights off. I set all my camera gear to take the shots. I've got, you know, slow motion, everything. It takes me hours upon hours. I create a reel of this thing, just blowing out beautiful blue flames and it gets like 10,000 views. That's it. (laughs) Boom. Shuts off. What the fuck happened? Like, I don't even know. Like I'm looking at it going all this lead up. And then I've realized they don't really care about the end result. They care right. about the story, how I got there, the fight, the climbing, the claw, the failures, the wins. They care about that. And that's really when it ticked for me. Like I was like, okay, just document. I just got to keep documenting, you know? It, it's so true. When I look at my YouTube stats and I look at the graph that shows as soon as I put the finished product on, boom, boom, people drop on. out. Yep. That's and you're it. like, mm-hmm. but. You you watch this whole thing to see that. Yeah, you don't want to watch. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird thing, right? I mean, it really is, but you're like it's almost like they don't want it to end and then they're like, "Oh, it's over. He's done with that now. Right. He'll move on to something else." I used to finish all my videos with like glamour shots. I don't even bother anymore because no, no one cares. No one wants to see it. They don't want it that it's not. Yep. No interest. So see you next time and then the video is done. Like I don't even have an end screen anymore. Yeah. I will say, so when you were talking about uh, looking at your YouTube or your thing and like when your face, uh, you wanted your face in the thing, every time my face appears and I'm talking to the camera, dip. Yes. I'm like, come on guys. I'm not that bad looking. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out you too have a great face for radio, Grant. I mean, come on, man. Like, <laughs> And I think what it is, is people are tired of the talking head, right? Right. Your, your focus, you you can show your face briefly and I do it now, but, um, it's a lot of B roll, you know, I'm shooting B roll all the time. I just have a camera with me all the time. I'm setting it up. I'm shooting what we're doing because there's never been an instance 
where I set up my camera and I film something and then I go back to the editing table and I go, well, I just have too much B-roll. I really, you know, it's like, I never have too much fucking B-roll. I need more B-roll, more, more, like give me more, you know? So I'm like, I have learned over the years, just like uh, I have bald man, which is Brent Smith working with me now um, in the shop full time. And, you know, I follow him around with the camera and I'm setting up, Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just reaming out these hinges. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to set the camera up here. He's like, wait, what? What you're going to, you're going to film this. I'm like, bro, we're going to film this and we're going to tell the story about how the laser cutter was off by five thousands. It is a huge problem. And, and you know, the bolts don't fit up and now you have to ream them every single one of them, all 400 of them. And this, this is a story. And he's just like, I guess you're right. You know, people want to know that they want to hear that story. They don't mm-hmm. know it yet, but they want to hear that story. It's so true. Like yeah. so many, so many people quickly edit out the mistakes, but everyone wants the mistakes left in. That's that's the whole point. So it's not about just seeing that you made the thing. It's okay. Well, what if I go to make it and I run into that same problem? Absolutely. You know, they want to know what you what you roadblock you hit and what you did to get past it. Oh, oh, oh! We're back. Are oh, you back? I don't um, know what happened. The other thing I was back? no. I'm here. Can I need you? to sneeze. Okay. I can hear you. All right. Yeah, the other thing I was going to say too is that, um, well, I'm pretty fucked with my new video style then because it's mainly me talking to the camera. <laughs> B-roll, man. My, B-roll. Shoot some B-roll. <laughs> my, whole, my whole new video style, which I'm actually really enjoying the editing of and the style is to talk to the camera and say, all right, so I need to do this, this and this and lay out sort of what I need to do. And then there's like a montage B roll of doing all the stuff that goes like cut to the music. And then I'll come back and I'll talk to the camera and say, all right, I've got this far down. I need to do this stuff. And then I'll do another B roll montage. And yeah. Yeah. I've learned the hard way that I think while I'm talking over the, I, I do the talking my my workflow basically is film all week long and then uh, I review the footage and then I'll talk about, take notes and I'll decide like what I'm going to highlight. And then uh, as I'm talking to the camera, seven to 10 minutes, I'm rolling all that B roll over it so that people don't have to wait to see, you know, the, the visual and the audio go together. Mm-hmm. But like you, mm-hmm. I love a good, time-lapse with music of somebody working like a classic Jimmy DeResta or like Jeremy from Simple Little Life or something, you know, there's just something about it. And I love editing them. I just found that they don't work for my audience. My audience really wants to be educated. They want to know what I'm doing and understand why I've made these changes and things. So um, I don't get to do music montages as as much as I'd like Mm. to. Yeah. I just, I'm so sick of voiceover. Like trying to write out a voiceover and record a voice, I just I hate it. I, and like, there's a few a few people I watch that do videos similar to what I'm doing now, and I really enjoy their content. So I think like I, my audience is small enough at the moment where I can sort of give that expectation of this is the videos that you're going to see from me. So I think yeah, it'll that's work. key. Expectation is a big part of YouTube. Yeah, you know, setting that expectation up front. And then the your For people sure. will find you. You know that's the thing. The people that yeah. really resonate with your work, those are your people, right? Yeah. Are they? So I got a question. Are they? Are your people on YouTube uh, people rescuing yachts that are sinking? <laughs> because I watched a couple of your videos, and then YouTube's like, "You must want to know how to cast a six foot net and <laughs> and that's and so rescue weird. a yacht." And I'm like, "Those aren't." Those are like five-year-old videos. Why aren't you yeah. showing me any of his new stuff? I should delete those or at least like make them private. So the yeah, I used to be a boat captain and um, and I, I would run charters and stuff. So I'd always see stuff like that, like sinking boats and things. And I would that's how I got kind of started on YouTube. And uh, I made a couple of videos like that. And um, like my first one, How to Throw a Cast Net, it went kind of viral. You know, it got like a quarter million views. And then YouTube like sent me a thing. They're like, where do you want us to deposit your money? You know? And I'm like, <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Like, you know, this was years ago, but uh, yeah. So I, and then um, I had some health problems, so I couldn't, 
continued doing captaining. And that's when I ended up, um, you know, basically building out a workshop and, and starting my journey doing, you know, like what I do now, but, uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's weird. I, do you do this now? Uh, do you, I imagine you guys do this. So if you're, if you're looking at a video online on YouTube in particular, and you see something that might pique your interest, but you don't want to see a whole lot of it. Do you sign out of YouTube or go into yeah. like a incognito mode or something? Because yep. you know, when you watch that, right, you're like, okay, now I'm going to just get all of these videos fed to me afterwards. And I don't want that. So I actually have two YouTube accounts. I've got my personal <laughs> one and then, so, but my, so I use my normal one for like all of my stuff generally. And sure. then if my kids want to watch something, it's going to my personal one. So my personal one, the entire feed is like blippy and uh, <laughs> count by numbers and all the fucking kid shit. Yeah. yeah. So I have YouTube premium and I let my four-year-old watch YouTube on my phone because I don't want no. them sitting through ads because the, they'll put ads that are like eight minutes long. Oh, and sure. it's like, it, and he doesn't like, sometimes he doesn't know any better and he sits through like an eight minute long ad and I'm like, you shouldn't. And then he talks to me about ads and stuff. And I'm like, I don't want you <laughs> for feet. Like I, yeah. if they're going to have the ads, I want them integrated into the content. So you can't tell that you're being told to buy hot wheels, but uh, mm. no anyways. So my feed, I, every single day I go through the history and I delete everything he's ever watched. Oh my it's God. It's good because you need I to make his own account. Uh, he had his yeah. own account, but then he doesn't have premium. And then he's watching the ads. It's yeah, yeah. There's no win. Uh, YouTube and then, premium. I've got awesome. the, I've got yeah. the family premium. So then uh, our our home Google is linked to my wife's account. So she gets all the shit that my kids are like, "Hey Google, play this." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My YouTube feed is a mixture of guys like doing metalwork and machine making or like weird tooling. And then like um, beautiful people on sailboats. Cause I watch a lot of sailing videos. Cause it's one of my like bucket list items is to do, uh, you know, sail around the world at some point uh, if I live that long. And, and uh, so it's like a real eclectic mix. It's like, do you want to watch somebody uh, forge a Damascus knife <laughs> or watch this girl jumping off of this yacht? And, you know, I'm like, Hmm, let me just think about that for a minute. I'll, I'll watch the girl now on the boat and then I'll, uh, then I'll watch the knife making stuff. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. Cause I can relate to that too. My, mine's either woodworking or gaming. Yeah. Yes. A little more wholesome <laughs> probably than my. Feed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to bring that back into the hard work, good luck, uh, thinking about that, how much do you think that your, your, like all of our different various, like I watch gaming and, and woodworking or whatever, does that screw up other people's recommendations because they watch like I watch a Jimmy Dressa video and then it goes and then I watch a Hearthstone video. Do people think that people watching Jimmy also want to play a digital card game? Like <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know. Maybe. It I mean that, right. that definitely yeah. does because you do get that thing where it says like if you know people watch this channel, they're gonna like this channel. So yeah, potentially. I do think though that there probably there's some sort of mechanism inside of that YouTube recommendations thing that kind of separates it all out at some point once you get a decent enough history, I would imagine. But probably yeah, definitely. Mm. I I would assume maybe someone like me watching that same Jimmy video might get like an ad for the half stone from your watching of it because we have that similar interest. Whereas someone who's never watched sort of gaming channels before, I don't see why yeah. they would push it to them. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. YouTube algorithm. So fucking. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I asked Austin Saunders, uh, what question I should ask you. And he said, if you were going to get tattooed on your hands, would you get hard work or would you get good luck? Oh, man. That is a really Ooh. good question. That's an excellent question. I love Austin, by you the have, way. Like, he's like one of my this, favorite hey. humans. Yeah, that, see, all right. Yeah, so, hey, yes. Hard so, yeah. work, good luck. Right. You can and only so pick I one. thought this, but then it says, <laughs> like, on one hand, it would say hard and good. <laughs> hard, good. Hard, good. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> work, luck. Yeah, work and luck. Um, I, I think, uh, t you know, 
I would probably get good luck to be honest, because I really truly believe that my advantages had played an enormous role in my success of anything that I do. Not to say that the hard work didn't, but it's definitely part of it. So yeah. And I like the, I like the idea of having good luck on my, on my fists. I think that would be kind of cool. Is it? Yeah. Definitely a great tattoo for when you square up in a bar fight and just says good luck to them. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I really thought Austin was going to say, like, you should ask him for a two by 72, but you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, anyways, you don't have to answer that one. That was more of a joke. <laughs> We can get you. We can get you going, probably. Yeah, for yeah. sure. We, we'd have to figure out how to get it up there past the uh, the mounties that uh, protect the border. Uh, but yeah. uh, there's you, ways around that. Actually, we've we've been able to yeah. do it. Yeah. Are you driving you to ACC, one- Grant, or are you flying? I'm driving uh, ACC. Yeah. Well, there you go. You just need to get to Austin's house, and you can drive it back. I just need to get to Austin's house, and then he has one, and I'll just drive it back. So you're driving all the it's way. Still to his. <laughs> Yeah. Are you driving all yeah. the way to Virginia? Yep. Oh my goodness! Yeah. All right, that's gonna it's gonna be a fun fun drive. Only uh, yeah. I think twelve hours. I'm stopping okay, so at uh, Blackthorn Keith uh, from Blackthorn Concepts. He's in New Jersey. I'm gonna stop there, pay a whole bunch of toll roads because apparently that's what New Jersey likes to do, and and then <laughs> head on down. <laughs> yeah. Hey, are, are you going to uh, Maker Camp? By the way. You know, I'm I'm not going to make it this year. I thought I was going to oh, no. make it. Um, yeah, really want to go. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I've had just a whole lot of things that occur that just are creating it a really tough time for me to travel. So I sure. won't be able to make it this year. But uh, I am definitely going to make sure that during October of next year that I'll be able to go. I, you have no idea. It breaks my heart because all my people are going to be there. All my the people that I love watching. And, um, I would, I would just love to sit down and have a drink with everybody and do all, you know, do the whole thing. It's just, mm-hmm. I've traveled so much this year and a lot of it was for work. And I just feel like when you do, when you're your own boss and you're running a business and all of that, and I usually travel with my wife and she, she's my partner in my business, you know, business halts for the most part, you know, and then we come right. back. And, you know, we went into Colorado this year and taught a class at Kilroy's workshop out in Colorado Springs. We were out there for nine days and we came back to like 180 orders and it was just brutal to try to, you know, get, you know, and I'm, I'm a, I run my business like Amazon. Like if you buy something from me, I want it to go out in a couple of days and get there in a couple of days, you know, so you're not waiting too Mm -hmm. long. And that's a real hard thing to do with heavy stuff like steel and parts and all that. So we, you know, of course pack ahead of time, you know, we have a, you know, really good logistics. Like I really try to keep that going, but when I'm gone, I can't, you know, I can't maintain that level, but, um, next year for sure. Yeah. Maker camp yeah. 2023 for sure. All right. I'll try and get back there too. Cause I, I feel right. like it's a, it's a great thing. So then we can finally, you know, we can meet in real life. I'd love that, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, on that note, I think we should go in and uh, we should thank our Patreon supporters. Unlike your show, we only list off the top ones because I was going to ask you I, because you you guys you you have I I'm I'm having a real struggle with that right because we li- reread everybody's name which is getting out of control and I'm trying <laughs> I was to say yeah it's so we have not over ninety I think it's like ninety five now. So yeah. Jesus, and we read them all. Right. And I appreciate them all. And I, I love them to that. They've, you know, given us their finances, you know, like given us the, even if it's a dollar a month, but I was thinking that that's not sustainable. So we would need to like go no. to a system like what you guys do, which is like to read the top tier. And then, yeah. you know, I've got, I said this a couple of times on the podcast and I got like DMS like, well, you can count me out. If you don't read my name, I'm not going to be a uh, you know, supporter. And I'm like, oh, well, <sighs> you know, what, what do you, so how do you, how did you guys, did you guys always read all the names or was it just like top two? I, I predicted this. I predicted yeah, that. This it was is why end. we did this from the beginning. Right. I even <laughs> limit the top Smart tier. move. The, the, the top tier has five available people. Okay. Because I, 
it, like I think it's something great to list them all off, and and we have on occasion listed them all, but every week it gets to the point where people are shutting off their like, oh, totally. I don't have ten, I don't have ten minutes to listen to them. Totally. say all these names, right? Like I so we we went with the top tier, and we appreciate everyone though. Like you said, these are people. Everyone's giving us, you know, a part of their life, really. Um, but I'm going to thank the F clamp level, uh, Brent Jarvis. Yeah, from cut woodworking. No, I'm not. I'm going to thank <laughs> the F clamp level, uh, Brent Jarvis from clean cut woodworking, Vincent Ferrari from handmade by Vincent Ferrari, Austin from the high caliber craftsman, Scott Orham from dad it yourself, DIY and Joe Herdina. Uh, thank you to everyone. If you want to hear the pre-show where, uh, where we talked about technical difficulties. And if you want to hear the after show, where Maybe we'll talk about something secret. You can go to patreon.com slash clamp. You also get the one, uh, the numbered keychain made by uh, Morley, and you can uh, head on over there. We really appreciate the support. And now, Clampmendations. Clampmendations. I believe you guys know Chris uh, Powell from Full Steam Designs. Yes. Uh, He has a podcast called Makeshift, him and uh, Corey from Odyssey. They are, it's excellent. I mean, like right out of Mm -hmm. the gate, the show is really good. So go find Makeshift podcast because um, it's, you know, they're just getting started. So they need people to start listening and everything. So, yeah, Yeah. really good, really good show. You would think those guys were doing it, had done it for years when you listen to it. Yeah. They got some great stories, like from their both from the Navy, and yes. they they obviously have been they've known each other for a long time, so they don't have this awkward. Like, None what are that. we going to say next? It's right. great conversation. Yeah, yeah, it's a great one. Well, I'm going to recommend everyone check out the Maker Camp Instagram. Uh, it's Instagram.com slash the Maker Camp or at the Maker Camp. Um, and Austin over there has been uh, putting out some good stuff and. Uh, it's going to be fun to see everything come October, uh, see all the, the fun. Hopefully there'll be some, uh, you know, good stories and, and posts coming out of there. So go follow that. And if you haven't got your tickets yet, I heard there's still some available if you're okay with camping. Nice. Uh, I'm going to recommend a Netflix show called Welcome to Rexham. Uh, it is Ryan Reynolds and I can't remember the other guy's name, but they bought a football club in Wales called Wrexham. And it's a documentary of like trying to buy the, the, um, the club and, and all that sort of stuff and all the stuff they had to go through. And now dealing with all the, well, we lost this season. So we're going to have to fire people and all that sort of stuff. It, I was hooked like halfway through the first episode. It's really good. Now, when you say football, is it? Uh, I assume soccer. Soccer, be, yeah. Our our version yeah. of soccer. I got you. Okay, good. Yeah, yes. yes. we it's call not, it so- we call it soccer as well. Yeah. Oh, okay, really? Good. Yeah. In Australia. Yeah, huh. yeah it's soccer here. Football is rugby league. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's rugby. <laughs> so yeah, rugby. Another another hand egg here. Anyways. Um, <laughs> So at this part of our store uh, show, we normally do Morley reading a review in the accent of your choosing, if we have one available. So if you want to leave a review, head on over to Apple or Podcast Addict. Those are the two places you can leave reviews that I know of. Um, let us know when you do it, because that way we'll make sure to read it on the show. Um, but since we don't have that, we're doing Adam's random colloquial slang of the week from somewhere fr- uh, one of our yeah. listeners sent to us. I was going to say, speaking of what we call things, um, yeah. I actually got I actually got a um, message from. Uh, I'm sorry if I mess up your name, and I feel like there should be an A there, but um, Joe Hardina. Yeah, he sent me a um, he sent me a word which discovered that it's actually an Australian word as well. So, oh, the word is bubbler. Bubbler. I feel like it could be Canadian as well, but. I don't know. We'll see. Bubble. Yeah. So we'll let you go first, Brian, and and see. Do you know what this what this is or what this means? I think it means water fountain, 
right? Like like bubbler. Like is that what is that what it is? That's what I yeah, think like, it is anyway. Like like um like one of those things you walked up to at school and you pushed the button and like the water came out and you could drink from it. Yeah, like a water cooler. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is is that it, or or are we gonna have to use a use it in a sentence? Was that your guess as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one hundred percent what it is. Oh. Yeah, oh. yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Joe, for that one. If anyone has a good name for this section, because Adam's Australian Word of the Week sounded great, I love alliteration. This Adam's random slang of the work doesn't sound as good, so everyone could email us. Slang of the something week. Better. Yeah. Slang of the week. Yeah, it could just be slang of the week. All right. We'll come up with a we'll have to record a little jingle for it then. A little jingle for it, yeah. <laughs> well if someone uh, wants to make they, us a jingle. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I want to do it in my radio my radio announcer voice. Ladies oh, yeah, and gentlemen, it. it's time for Adam's slang of the week. Perfect. We'll use that for future episodes. I love it. Yeah, I'm stealing that. <laughs> I will forever be on your show now by doing this. Yep. <laughs> it's perfect. Well, uh, I want to thank TF Turning for our theme song. I want to thank Brian House for coming here. Uh, why don't you tell everyone wherever – I know you already said it, but why don't you tell everyone again where they can find you? Sure. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Housemade. So it's all one word, H-O-U-S-E-M-A-D-E. Or you can go to my website, housemade.us, or my Instagram feed, housemade.us. You can also find me on Facebook. We have a 25,000-plus member group uh, called DIY Belt Grinders and Machines. So that's always mm. a fun time. Yeah. Now, I have a question before we go. When are the Apollo uh, Forges going to be ready for – actual sale they're pre-sale right now right the burners themselves you can pre-purchase those and then uh we are looking towards mid to late october to have the apollo forges in production so it it might be a little bit like i might not have been conservative enough on those dates because some you know we're relying on a lot of like you know we have a a bunch of stuff outsourced to make them and i'm hoping that these places come through and if they do it's sometimes you know they don't but mid to late october yeah awesome perfect in time for you know winter forging weather i don't like, you don't know anything about that because you're florida. heated up i'll tell you what though we, we have hot and less hot in florida i always joke about that but like in the winter we do drop like kind of into the 30s and 50s fahrenheit which is like kind of you know forging weather a little bit for us you know we have to take our flip-flops off and maybe wear shoes while we forge so yeah yeah fair (laughs) well (laughs) thank you thank you again and uh and i look forward to seeing everyone getting some uh you know ribbon burners out there and and it's gonna be fun um you can find us uh everywhere at Clampcast, and you can find adam at maker mackie and grant at the grant alexander and we're heading into the after show see you later everyone bye see you later